This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. All right, welcome to another installment, installation of Unlocking Astrology with the unlocker himself, the one and only Samuel Reynolds at unlockastrology.com is where you can follow him. And he has a YouTube page as well, which is Unlock Astrology. So there's that. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me back. Um, What I'm appreciating, and we were just talking about, you know, me checking out the comments on your page, on the uh, YouTube page. Well, one, people like our vibe. So I, and I like it too, obviously, but I also like, it's good to have someone interrogating the idea of what I'm talking about rather than just letting me, you know, spill it out. So I think that dynamic is really working for people. So I just like to appreciate the people who are tuning in and appreciating us and um, getting the information, unlocking the aspects of themselves. Um, We talk about that in terms of the Zodiac, but remember the whole Zodiac is within you. Yeah. I mean, that, that is what inspires me. You know, that I'm half, half a skeptic. I'm not, I'm not here for all of the uh, woo-woo-ness of it all. Yeah. Um, but I do believe that, you know, the world is more unseen than seen the world that we exist in live in. So I'm never going to be like, Oh, this, this isn't true, you know, but it is really about everybody exploring and examining. I was talking to somebody just before I got on the zoom uh, about refining yourself. This should right. be finding and refining yourself, that process. And the things about you that you don't like, you can fix. The things about other people you don't like are in you. So this is what that is in so many mm-hmm. ways. So I, I appreciate uh, the the way in which you come into this space with all of the range of knowledge. Africana studies, you, you've been a minister, you've been an atheist, Baptist, now Muslim, and all of the religions, just like all of the Zodiacs, kind of live in you. Mm-hmm. It, it makes for, um, for me, you know, an academic as well as very spiritual uh, journey. So I appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah. Right. So today uh, we're going to do Sagittarius, which That's I correct. have some experience with because I was raised by a Sag. My dad, my daddy was born December 16th and um, we had a very, very interesting relationship. And I don't know whether it was daddy, daughter, you know, or whether it was Taurus, Sag. Um, but I really learned to appreciate him. Um, he was one of my favorite people in the whole wide world, not just because he was my dad. Um, but I got to watch him as I grew. I got to watch him and understand him differently, you know, as opposed to through a, a young person's lens. I got yeah. to appreciate him as an adult. And we would spend Sunday afternoons uh, playing Scrabble. Uh, that was our, our jam. Every Sunday I would go over while my mother was at church and he and I, we and I would play Scrabble, uh, and he kept a record and, but those Scrabble matches were less about competition, more about, uh, community and convening and having conversation. And, uh, it's where he and I really grew to love and learn one another. And I was probably the only person on this earth that could just look at him because, you know, Sag is like the lie. Y'all like to lie. Y'all lie a lot. I don't know what that is about. But we're gonna talk about like, that. Yeah, I'd be like, you know, you lying, right? You know, I know you're lying. And he would be like, you know, how you know? I said, because you get belligerent. When, you, when you're when you definitely lying, you get louder and more belligerent. So I would just sit there and look at him. And he would be like, okay, you got me. You got me. Uh, just a really fun guy, too. So, oh, yeah, he was. Yeah. yeah. Bless him. Yeah. Yeah. 
lot of fun. Oh, also, I just wanted to say he was also sneaky from this standpoint. So I know Sadges get the whole lying sneaky thing. My dad did things for people nobody knew. So there was a woman um, who was in my mother's church who was really sick. And he would take her to her oncologist appointments like nobody knew until she was like, we visited. And she was like, you know, Don comes and picks me up and takes me to my... And we were looking at it like, really? Like he would just do these magnanimous things quietly. Like no one knew that he was doing these things. Um, really, you know, the the dichotomy, the juxtaposition of somebody that was really fierce and in many ways a little bit terroristic at the same time had this. <laughs> no, for real. Like I, I was the anecdote to him. Like he could do mm. things to people and I'd be like, don't try it with me. Like it won't work. And so we had like this standoff in the, in the house for a long period of time when I was living there. And then as an adult, it was like, oh, she's the one person on this earth that completely gets me. So, and I, and I would tell my mother, I'm like, he's really not that complicated. You, you, you do way too much. You don't, and she was an Aries. I'm like, you are really falling for the okie doke. He's playing games with you. Here's all you need to do. And she couldn't, couldn't to, to his dying day, could not understand the simplicity of this complex man loved him immensely so, i mean well i think we're done i mean like you okay. just broke down sag no no yeah. i mean well one thing i want to ask you about then before you know i go into my spiel at some point but what do you mean by the simplicity of it what what was simple for you i felt like you know as much as he liked you know, like he was great the life of the party. Like he was, he was the glue that I didn't know. Cause he, he was subtle in his glueness, you know, like, you know, how it's like mama's the matriarch. No, my dad was the glue that brought everybody together. And when he died, I didn't realize how much so until he wasn't here, you know? And I was like, Ooh, okay. Like real simple things, love family, loved, loved, of course, you know, lavish things, you know, he liked to have the let he called the last word, you know, it had to be the last word. Um, dressed impeccably, you know, but what drove him were, were very simple things. So while you could look and see, you know, the cars, the, the, the jewelry, the, you know, he wasn't big gold jewelry, but just the little, you know, things that he had to buy the Baccarat and the Waterford and the Linux, you know, the crystal and the China had to be the last word. Mm -hmm. Everything had to be the last word. What drove him was really, you know, just simple stuff. And, um, I wish I had, you know, I wish I had dialed into that and in his on his, you know, on his last days on this earth, because I also thought that he was invincible and I wouldn't let him buy into the fact that he was dying. So therefore I was never acknowledging that he was dying. And I wish I had, because he was trying to have a conversation with me about that. And I would not have it. I was like, you are going to be here. Shut up. I'll see you tomorrow. Anyway. All right, let's move on. Well, no, that's that's powerful. I mean, we you, you talked a little bit about that before in terms that you actually did keep him alive for, what, another six years? Ten. Yeah, he's going to die. Yeah, yeah. die 50. So, I mean, it's the letting go. I mean, you know, the letting go also, I guess, can work in tandem of the embracing. So for me, my journey with Sag, you know, starts with Sagittarius being one of the signs that I warned people about uh, were when, I, when I told them that be careful of the thing or the sign that you quote unquote hate or you can't stand because it's dealing with some aspect of yourself, some reflection of yourself you don't wanna see. So mine was Sag. So I'm gonna come out, you know, full disclosure with that. Sagittarius was a sign that fully annoyed me and 
true to form, you know, been married to a Sag, you know, in a Sag fraternity. Um, my brother married a Sag who was influential in some measure of my development, especially related to academics. I'm named after Sag. My grandfather's a Sag. So there's, you know, one of my closest dear friends is a Sag. You know, it's all these different elements like the cosmos, like, you don't like what? Okay, wait, send more. Here's, you know, so what have I learned in this kind of encounter with Sag and meditating on Sag and even what you were talking about with your father? And let's start with the most outstanding one. The most outstanding one that you shared, which I also shared for a long time, which is one of the reasons why I didn't like them, is why do they lie all the time, right? And someone on your YouTube page took issue with that and was like, well, why do you say that they lie when I often read Sagittarians are the truth tellers. So how can both be true? And I do maintain both are true, but it depends on the context and it depends on the story that Sagittarius is telling, right? Or needs to tell. So let's talk about that. So what I often say as a sign of Jupiter and they're what we call mutable fire. Mutable fire mean they're one of the signs between seasons. So just before we get to Capricorn and we're still in fall, we have Sagittarius. Even though people think Sagittarius is a winter sign, it's not, it's technically a fall sign. So it's this in-between point if we're talking about in terms of seasons. Now the mutability also means a changeability where they're dealing with the changeability of story and changeability of things. And, you know, like your father is curious about things and wanted to do things and, you know, they can be, they can play around, right? And they like to play, they like to roam, they like to, have the expression of freedom because they're also a sign of Jupiter. So that brings me to this point, being a sign of Jupiter and a fire sign. What does that kind of create? What it creates is someone who needs to see, not just the, like you said, the last word, but life bigger, to see life as bigger than life, the grandness of life, the grandeur of life. They wanna experience the bigness of life. And that means both bigness in terms of where they can go different places that not just make them feel big, but they can see the world as big, as magnanimous, as magnificent. You know, that's why Sagittarius is also often associated with traveling and being on the go, these particular roaming qualities. So with that sensibility, there can be a tendency related to exaggeration, which I think is a great word for Sagittarius. So one of the things I, ch I was challenged with, like with that um, sister I was talking about, you know, woman who I love like a sister. Didn't we started off just as roommates, so it wasn't it, it grew to that. But one of the first things I discovered about her, I framed initially as lying. So we would go to a party back, to, you know, time when I was living in Williamsburg and go to these parties, and I would hear her describe what was happening. And it's like, wow, it was it was wonderful. There were like hundreds of people there, girl. There were fifty people there. I counted. There were fifty people. Why are you saying there were hundreds of people there? Well, blah, blah, blah. And then she would go on. And I kind of was like, what is that? Like, why would she, why is she lying? Until I realized in her mind and on a certain level, she wasn't lying. She was exaggerating because it felt like for her, hundreds of people. And that also taps into a, a deeper notion of understanding Sagittarius, which is enthusiasm. They both need to feel enthusiasm. They want to feel enthusiastic. They respond to enthusiasm. They want to have that exchange of energy, which goes back to what I said, experiencing that grandeur of life. 
So for her, it was kind of being caught up in the moment and feeling it because that's also what makes a wonderful story, right? Hundreds of people there, there was this happening, blah, blah, blah. And so there are going to be embellishments. So when we talk about the aspect related to lying, we have to contextualize it. Now, being a Scorpio, I am not gonna say they're not quote unquote lying. What, but we have to kind of also be forgiving in certain parameters. Now, other parameters, they could just be outright lying. Were you out with a woman last night? No, no, I wasn't. I, what was you know, what I did? I went this and I did, you know, kind of evading particular truths, right? And that is where we can run into a problem with some Sagittarians, where they kind of get into like the embellishment. They get lost in the lie. They get lost in the story. Now, now the question: um, Do they have parameters around who they will lie to and who they won't? So, for example, if my father told me he was going to do something and he didn't do it, I could always hold him accountable to do it. And I could say, mm -hmm. you said you were gonna do X, Y, and Z, cause you know, I'm a Taurus. So I'm like, you said, and I'm not, I'm a relentless Taurian. You said you were gonna do this. He would always, to his credit, do it. Even if, you know, so he wouldn't just say, I'm gonna do something, wouldn't do it. So is part of that on the part of the person in that life to hold them accountable? Or do they have certain people that they allow to hold them accountable? I think both are true. So they need someone who holds them accountable. And there are also particular people. Now, what, pe what people can hold them accountable? So you, you've said, a, you actually did touch on a lot of great things about Sagittarius that I also vibe with. You know, so one of the, going back to the planet that is the Lord or the quote unquote ruler of that sign is Jupiter. Now that gives us some clue in understanding the sign because Jupiter was a hoe, right? Again, do not take that. I don't want people to take that fully into account. Like, did you just say Sagittarians are a whole? No, I did not. I was talking about Jupiter. And one thing that's fascinating about Jupiter as a whole and how he roamed and turned into different things. And, you know, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. He, he was wretched and ratchet, right? In a lot of ways. But what was fascinating is that he had Hera, who always sought to keep him accountable to something that is also very important to, to Sagittarians through Jupiter, which is home, a sense of where they can call home because they are always dealing with both the, the thrill and the horror of the open road, right? And the horror of the open road is kind of like, there are so many different places to go and I can be enthusiastic about all of them, but will it still feel like it grounds me? Can it contain me, right? Will it open me up? So Sagittarians also have a strong need on some level for what becomes home and who becomes home. So to those people, they will be accountable. And to those people, they often will be some dimension of truthful, including, you know, and again, this relates to where they want to tell the story. They can be truth tellers and, and direct. You know, they can be similar to Virgos, what we talked about, another mutable sign, where they can say, like, are you really going to wear that outfit with those shoes? Are you going to, you know, your wig is off, right? I, and everyone can tell it's a wig, right? So they will be that direct because they're like, well, I'm going to assume, like, you know, if you're going to venture out, if you're going to, you know, be part of my tribe, that you, you, you're going to want to act and look a certain way and be a certain way. So they can be direct. 
And they may do it completely with jest. I mean, like Sagittarian, something that we have to say off the bat, because it sounds like your father had this as well, are very funny people. Many of them are comedians. And just in meeting them in terms of Sagittarian rising, Sagittarian moon, they know how to crack a joke. You know, we can go through the list, Red Fox to Jamie, Jamie, um, Jamie Fox um, to Richard Pryor, right? One of my favorites, I mean, he's more of an unknown. You probably might know of him, but one of my favorites was Sam Kinison. You remember Sam Kinison, right? The comedian? Um, of course, of course. He was very kinetic, very- He was kinetic. And, and you want to talk about Sagittarius, right? He would just come out screaming. Because I hate it, ow, ow, ow. You know, he would yeah. just go do his thing. That's also Sagittarius and kind of like the embellishment, you know, also being bold. You know, the, the sign of I don't give a, that might've been pinned by a Sagittarius, right? In terms of like, well, to go boldly go where no one has gone before or to say something no one has said before to kind of break the rules. Again, kind of finding new territory, but they still need anchors. And they still need these people that somehow um, tether them, but tether them enough where they feel like they have room to roam. Because if you don't give the Sagittarian the sense of space and you think like, well, if I rein them in and keep them down, you know, that's how I'm going to keep them, then that's where you're going to run into more problems. They're going to then they're going to do all kinds of things and change the story and be flexible with the truth and the sense of how they tell the story because they want to be free. They want to experience freedom but at the same time, because they can be tied into some dimension of human feelings, especially the people they care about. They're trying to navigate not hurting you, right? Not inflicting pain. Because one of the things, and you said it about magnanimity, right? They're magnanimous people. They're fire and they're a sign of Jupiter. Jupiter can be very magnanimous, gracious to those to whom, who are gracious to him, right? And so when they feel that, that level of reciprocity, they will bestow that on you multifold. And even if you never did anything for them, they like the feeling of that there's more in the world and that I can be a expression of giving that more and that, that way in which we can experience more of the generosity of it. One of the, the hazards of Sagittarius and challenges is that a lot of times then when the world isn't as great, isn't as grand as they would like to find it, they're also containing an immense amount of sadness you know, um, and the Sagittarian will often try to contain or conceal that sadness because they don't want to afflict that on others. They want others to believe in that magnanimity. That's another way in which they might bend the truth, you know, ways in which they might not um, deal forthrightly in terms of things, which is their natural disposition is to want to kind of be out there and roam and free. Remember, they are centaur. They're half human, half horse. So true to form like a horse, they want to be out there doing things and experiencing things and having things happen in the world. But when, for whatever reason, they can't experience that or it doesn't live up to their expectations or their enthusiasm, you know, kind of feeling that overflow of the God, which is what enthusiasm means, when that doesn't live up to what he thought it would be or what it could be, 
then that's when it, things can sink in their spirit. And so they have to match that enthusiasm with a lot more, mm, mm, not, I won't say realism because that's too containing, but more so understanding and graciousness toward human foible, you know, right? Recognizing that sometimes people are gonna mess up. And that's where they also have to learn some measure of grace, right? Because sometimes their sense of directness in terms of you know, just kind of shooting whatever can, can go overboard and not be sensitive to people's feelings where they might say things, you know, like, well, you know, your wife doesn't love you anyway. Yeah. Right. So that my, my father, first of all, you, he's a person you want to go to a funeral with. You want to go to church with him because uh, the choir director, everybody's open for fodder. You're going to get all. So I have, I inherited that. Um, nothing's off limits because my dad, but then when I would do it in public, he was like, no, 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 we do that. Not, not in public. Uh, you're going too far. Uh, but when I get, when, I, when he used to punish me, he would give me demerits. So it, it was like, it was never in anger. It wouldn't be in the moment. It wasn't rage. It was okay. You have a demerit. You have two more demerits and then you're going to get a spanking. So I was like, all right, two demerits. And I'm like, oh shoot. Now I got one more demerit and he's going to remember. So I was like, I better get a good report card. You know, it's like that one more demerit. I think I got three demerits one time in my entire life with him. Never mm -hmm. But it was measured. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't just like, I'm going to, you know, beat you and you, you did this, you know, it was always, even when he caught me playing strip poker, you know, it was not, yeah, it was in, in the basement. He wasn't supposed to be home. Cause you know, he worked like 18 hours a day, but he came home for something. And I was downstairs with a bunch of people playing strip poker. It was like 14 or 15. I didn't, I didn't get in too much trouble. Like there was a graceful latitude. Even when I broke his fish tank, I told that story at age four, broke his 70, 70 gallon, 80 gallon fish tank that flooded the uh, lobby over our apartment. I didn't get in trouble for that either. So there was that grace. He probably found some humor in it too. Yeah, that's probably true. That's probably, mm -hmm. but yeah, mm -hmm. if I could make him laugh, that was- If you make him laugh, you know, it's kind of like, again, that's kind of that, fa you know, um, Falstaffian, bigger than life, graciousness, you know, they, they usually do have magnificent laughs, you know, some way in which, and, and like I said, there's a graciousness and. You know, whether we're talking about the men, whether we're talking about the women and the women, you know, they're fierce. A lot of them, you know, we're talking about Dame Judy Dench, Gent, uh, Dench. We're talking about Cicely Tyson. Right. Oh, right. We're talking about Jane Fonda. Uh, and then we're talking about dun, 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 Tina Turner. Right. Ooh, gotta say it. Right. So we're talking about some people, Sheila E, Tyra Banks, um, you know, lover or lever Monique. Right. Um, we're talking about Sinead O'Connor. There's ways in which they have like, you know, where they kind of will break out. And if you find some way in which you, you know, break them even from themselves, you know, and maybe taking themselves too seriously because Sagittarius is interesting because they're sandwiched between two serious signs, Scorpio and Capricorn. Remember, like I said, each one is kind of the, the answer to the one before. So we get from Scorpio, the intensity of Scorpio, and then Sag comes along and be like, why don't you lighten up? Like, is it really that serious? Right? And then, you know, it gets maybe, Cap, you know, Sagittarius gets too light, light and kind of like, well, I could do this, blah, blah, blah. And Capricorn comes around and say like, why don't you get serious? Right? And so Sagittarius is between that dynamic and sometimes I think falters between the two. You know, sometimes it can even seem like the Joker, you know, where, you know, very much active in the, in, you know, the activities they want to do, but then we'll go like, 
Why so serious? Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, they're they're fascinating, fascinating people. But I think one of the things that that ties them in is dealing with the magnanimity, the norm, the enormity of the world, and trying to fill it in some way, and trying to give their best. You know, people also often talk about, you know, them having their arrows, and it's fascinating because they're the only sign that has weapons, right? No other sign has a weapon. <laughs> Sagittarius actually has like arrows that they can shoot. That is so fascinating. Yeah, right. So they they actually, um, you know, in terms of having these these weapons, there's a deeper aspect of that too where you know the image is usually them shooting toward the sky and i think that captures more the sense of their heart what they want to do what they want to see how they want to project um the challenge is kind of being terrestrial creatures and realizing that they just don't belong to the sky they also belong being on the earth one thing i also say about sagittarians and especially those sagittarian influenced people who are listening or watching this recording is that y'all often don't believe in astrology. One of my favorite jokes, right, is uh, from Arthur C. Clarke. Arthur C. Clarke says something like, um, well, I don't believe in astrology, but then again, I'm a Sagittarius, right? <laughs> right? That's their sense of humor. You know, dealing with irony. Yeah. They are masters. They can be masters at irony. You know, we talk about, I went to, and I talked about Libra, and I may have mentioned one of my, I didn't name him as my favorite Libra, but uh, Friedrich Nietzsche is a Libra, but he had a moon in Sagittarius, right? He was complete ironist in that sense. That's how we might frame him. So dealing with the sense of irony and, lo and knowing that we can, that life can be playful um, is one of their gifts. The problem with Sagittarius again um, is when they play too much, right? Like you play too much, you know, you, you know you're messing with this, you're messing with that. You know, especially when you're, they start messing with elements of the truth. So um, for people who are in relationship with them, and I know we're going to, you know, definitely do the compatibility and all that other stuff um, on our next rotation after we finish up all sure. this. What's the best way? Like, I can tell you how I, like, I absolutely mastered my father. And it was almost for me, part of my development as a person if I could navigate him, you know, and figure him out, you know, and it was a, an absolute pleasure. As I look up, you know, I am absolutely, my mom was here, but I am who I am because of Donald Hunter and the, you know, the, the, the play, the back and forth, the, you know, the things he threw at me, the not letting me win, cheating at everything. Oh my God. Like if you imagine that someone could cheat at Scrabble, marking the blanks, the Q, the Z, and the X, marking them specifically so when he felt in a bag, he could find them. And then I had to beat him after I knew he's probably cheating. I'm gonna figure out how to beat you even though I know you're cheating. You know, even that, you know, to the point where I'm almost, I think, relentless in integrity, meaning that I don't even want you in my life if you're lying. You're like, I've, I've gone to like my thing, my line in the sand is so deep. As, as you know, as a result of that, but I absolutely loved him. What is that? I think I need counseling. <laughs> I need to go talk to somebody. Why I, was I okay with him being that way, but no one else in my life? Well, did? baseline is your father too, though. I think, 
you know, what you, you kind of, you know, touched on that sense of, we mentioned play and playfulness, but what I always tell people about being with a Sagittarius is that if you are committed to your own sense of freedom and being an individual yourself, you will keep them interested and they, and you will be interested in them. And, you know, you said about your father that it was very interesting, but I think he also took an interest in you. He found you interesting because he saw in you, you know, maybe elements of himself, but he also saw an individual and someone who was willing to be your individual. You know, and I might think, you know, your father, considering that he was a Sag and Sag is a fire sign, he might've been playing to his ego and cheating, right? But he also might've been playing the game and the game could have a, a, a couple different nuances. Like one, are you going to catch me? Right? Yes. Which is to kind of like develop your shrewdness. And two, I think it's important in terms of part of the game, maybe he wanted to teach some aspect of that lesson. I mean, I don't know exactly what it said. It could have just been. Probably, you know, because the thing I was, I was like, you so, you're so good. You don't have to cheat. Like he was really good at every game. Like he mastered, you know, every card game. Scrabble, he was a master, so he didn't have to cheat. And that was the thing that was like, you don't have to cheat. You can beat me without cheating. Well, he wanted to, maybe he also partly wanted to ensure, like I said, there could have been some dimension yeah. of ego because yeah. I had a cheating father too with games. And what I what I learned in, in retrospect and in thinking about that, the grace of that is that he, he made me, by virtue of doing that and knowing that he did that, I had to learn the rules. I had to research and know things for myself. And so like when he would like, you know, with chess, when he would try to make a move, I'm like, you can't do that. But no, no, no. Here's a book. Book says you can't do that. Put it back. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> you know, it, it was the game, but I'm sure he respected me for doing that. And I think it was also a similar thing. So in terms of the dynamic that people have with Sag, there's a part of them that, yeah, like I said, they they want to have the freedom to roam, but some aspect of them wants to be caught. And they want to be caught by someone who's also going to allow them to have their freedom because they relish their own freedom. Wow. So so if you you gotta you gotta be on your A game number. Right. But you also have to keep, like you said, keep it interesting for them, meaning challenge them. Challenge them, challenge their character challenge them, challenge their word. Challenge you yourself too. So for instance, come on. If, you know, this is where sometimes people run into problems because they say like, you know, Sagittarians are not faithful. I always say to them, faithful to what, right? So I ask people, well, what do you do? Like, what do you like to do? I like to sit home and, and chill and occasionally have friends over, blah, blah, blah. So you're asking a Sagittarian, someone who likes to roam, experience different dimensions of the world to kind of participate in that. That's going to be freedom for them. You want them to be faithful to that for what? Right. And then like, you know, obviously some may get offended by that, but like, that's the issue. You're asking me to be faithful to something that is for them faithless. It doesn't encourage faith in the world. It doesn't encourage faith in living. It just like, you're just getting by. Sagittarians are not interested in getting by. They're going to live this life. Correct. Ring it out. They're going to ring it till it's, Till it ain't no more. Right. So, that. you know, yeah. playing that game. <clears throat> so you have to be interesting in order to and ask interesting questions. They learn, they love learning things, engaging in things, um, know something, you know, get into share your knowledge. Um, 
what can be challenging with them is that sometimes when they share their knowledge, because then they can go overboard, not just in terms of storytelling, but um, which is one part of it, but kind of, I'll just say it, sometimes they talk too much, right? So, Are they also metic meticulous? Because my father, when he died, um, he had a ledger of you know how he was gonna pay for my college. He, he I mean, it, like I kept it because it was so much, he kept all of the bank books. He kept, like he was meticulous down to, I mean, not just with his dress, but ev like every detail of everything. I was like, yo. Yeah, the thing is they can be freewheeling with, you know, things they kind of have judged as they don't matter. You know, like they can pack a bag, you know, the hour before they're, you know, or two hours before they get on the plane. But in terms of like what they may want to do or what's in their money or whatever, it depends on what they're caring about. Ah. You know, it's, and that's similar. And people like say, that's similar to what you said about Virgo. Well, there's another way in which astrology works when I talked about all the signs in the zodiac being in us. So Virgo for Sagittarius, if we're talking about, you know, either Sagittarius rising or we're just talking about the idea of the sign, Virgo's at the top of the chart for them, right? So the idea of dealing with order and trying to find order, which might be one of the deeper things they're seeking to explore in looking at the world, right? Not just in terms of experiencing the impact and the grandeur of it, but they also want to find like the world in, you know, grain of rice, <laughs> right? There's some ways in which they can also pay attention to detail. And so true to form, what can happen because they're a mutable sign they can get lost in that, right? So for instance, um, and this is talking about minutia, right? You know, I have a playful quality myself and so I, and I'm married to a sad, so I guess I keep, help keep it interesting. And I decided to really kind of prod, she has a Mercury in Sagittarius, which also can, you know, go off, you know, on tangents and whatever. I knew that we were about five minutes from home one time walking and I was like, I'm just going to ask her a yes or no question and see what happens. You know, it should be yes or no, but I think it's going to be more. So my question to her was like, do you like high heels? Right. She literally talked for five minutes about her whole relationship with high heels from when it first started to like where she is now. And I was fascinated because I was like, <laughs> I can't imagine talking to anyone for five minutes about a yes or no question related to like something like that, as mundane as that. That can be Sagittarius, you know? So you may ask them like, you know, what time is it? Well, do you know when the clock was first formed in Germany? Um, and we and you're like, damn, right? Am I about to get, like, is this about to become a history lesson? I just wanted to know what time it was. So that's another aspect of Sag. I like that. I like it. I, li I like all of this, you know, um, and you are my brother who's a Virgo said uh, that the Virgo was the best one that I did yet. Oh, wonderful. Alhamdulillah. Hilarious. Anyway, but, you know, I think everybody's kind of like leaning into their to their goodness. And I just appreciate that uh, you're able to suss this out for all of us. And uh, yeah, to look at the duality of it. I mean, I, I did see that some people were like upset about Libra. And which is fascinating to me because I have found of the signs, I mean, like we've only done the nine so far, but of the signs, Libra has this, this vested sense in like keeping their halo straight. And I'm like, okay, y'all can have halos, but you get crooked like anybody else. Come on. So we all, do. We all have flaws, but mm -hmm. this is why we're here to, to perfect ourselves. And it's a process. Refined, defined and refined. 
whatever. Perfection to me is not perfection. It's a process. Correct. Like, I agree. Never ending like learning. So I appreciate you, Sam. Thank you. Yeah. Follow him at Unlock Astrology. And also I'll put the YouTube link there too, since you're back in the YouTube space uh, doing your YouTube thing. All right. Thank you. Right. Appreciate you. Uh, we'll see you next week. Up next is uh, Capricorn. And, and it's interesting that you say they're serious because every Capricorn I know is like a lot of fun too. But we'll get to that next week. Yeah. We'll that okay. Next week. Appreciate you. All right. See you next week.